Curl Next Door. Welcome to Curl Next Door Podcast. Hello. Welcome Hello. to the, the podcast about curly hair, people with curly hair, curly haired products, the curly haired lifestyle, and all the ways that issues in our society intersect with curly hair. Yeah. I'm one of your co-hosts, Stephanie Podolik. And I'm the other co-host, Tamara Robbins-Griffith. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm having a really good hair day, I think. I agree. (laughs) I have been busting at the seams to say so, but I was going to wait until we started recording. I'm not even going anywhere today. I I need, other than recording this podcast, you're seeing my hair. Listeners, do you ever feel like my hair looks so good today, but nobody's going to see it? What do I do? Yeah, you got to make plans to go out. Or take some pictures. Yeah, definitely take pictures. That's what selfies are for. (laughs) That's right. Oh my God. So tell me about your hair. Looks awesome. Before you start, I'm just going to tell you my observations. Your curls are tight. There's no frizz. There's lots of form. What did you do? Okay. We were so lucky to get this product from a company called Virtue, which is pretty much like a, a fairly new hair care brand that has a cult following and it's just gaining popularity. And uh, they sent us some products to try, which is amazing. And so this morning, I used the um, curl shampoo, the curl conditioner, and some curl defining whip, which is essentially a mousse. And I've been very excited to try a mousse. And I haven't used mousse in a bajillion years, basically, since I was a teenager. Like it just felt like I'm so used to this gel and gel cast and curl creams. And that's kind of what's in my regular rotation. So it was really interesting to be like, okay, I'm going to try it. It felt very different on my hair. When it was wet, I was skeptical because it felt so light. And I just didn't know if it would have the, the hold necessary to kind of create a nice nicely defined curl. And I guess I just feel like my hair feels really healthy and it looks healthy and it it is defined and yet it feels really like light and not heavy near my scalp. I also tried some flip sectioning and I don't know, I don't think the particular flip sectioning method that I used worked all that well, maybe just because for me, three sections wasn't right maybe there's a different way I should try it. But I'm just, I'm really excited about this. And I I think it's a very cool brand that's very based in science. I'm keen to try the, the scalp supplement and the density booster. I think part of the reason it's such a popular line is because he was a real celebrity hairstylist, this creative director. And his celebrity clients started using it. And now like Jennifer Garner, she's their spokesperson. Okay, so Virtue has a a wonder ingredient they're calling. It's uh, they're calling it a, a transformative protein, alpha keratin sixty ku trademark, <laughs> trademark, and they say it's a ethically sourced human keratin protein, and so the hair likes it because it's familiar. The molecule is familiar. So interesting. I love that it's just based in scientific research, and so. 
I'm going to try and find this blog post because they have tons of videos on their website. There's a pair quiz too, which a lot of them have and tons of blog posts with like guest celebrity stylists weighing in on their favorite products and techniques. But the woman who started it, her mother, they she lost her grandmother as the story in the blog post goes. And she was the mother was pretty depressed and had severe alopecia. And it was around the time that that her daughter was starting this product line and used the science to, to develop some products that are all about hair density and hair growth and supporting hair growth. And so I think that was a big inspiration for her that, you know, her mother kind of grew back her hair after this severe alopecia. You know, it would make sense based on the samples they sent over. So this morning, mm-hmm. I was playing around with Virtue Flourish. Okay. Density mm-hmm. booster. And it's it's meant to stimulate and strengthen fine hair. Mm-hmm. And so I was using it on my baby hairs because I have some baby hairs around the top of my forehead and the nape of my neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I sprayed it on and it's it felt really nice. You're meant to use it on dry or damp hair. So I'll let you know how that goes. Yeah, I'm going to keep trying that. I'm just overall, I think I'm very impressed with the products I tried. And I I think if you're looking for something new, some new science behind your hair care, check it out. It's not like a curly hair only collection. It's, It's a hair care, a full hair care line with something for everyone. But I really enjoyed these curl products. And I, I l- just love trying a mousse. And I think the mousse worked really well. And it's funny because I'm so used to this pretty heavy gel cast. But clearly, it's not the only way. It looks really good today. It looks really fresh. Tell me, did you feel a bit of a hit of nostalgia when you're spraying that whip into your hand? <laughs> well, the, the shaking and the kind of, yeah, that sound of like... <laughs> Yeah, putting mousse in your hand. Yes, it is nostalgic, but the nostalgia wouldn't be enough for me. I definitely still want good results. Yeah, for sure. Well, I have an article from Harper's Bazaar just to add to what you're saying about their science base. The formulas are free of sulfates, parabens, colors, and dyes. They're pretty light on fragrance. Like the scent is quite light and fresh. Mm -hmm. And the formula is lightweight. They're saying you it doesn't really feel like you have product in. And I would say looking at your hair, that's what it looks like. It doesn't look like you've got product in. It just looks like you woke up with perfect curls. So effortless. But it it was. I I didn't pile on tons of product. And frankly, I do get a bit confused when you have oils and serums and layers. Like It's almost like when I switched my skincare routine over to K Beauty and I was like, okay, now that I have six steps, you have to make sure you're doing the steps in the right order. And thank God I had the skincare guru, Heidi, who was helping me along because certain things you have to do first or they won't absorb properly. So with hair care too, I'm like, it get, it freaks me out sometimes when there's three or four products because I'm not sure if I'm doing the right order. So what did you do other than the whip? Nothing, nothing. What? Shampoo, conditioner, and the mousse. But it'll be interesting to see how it is on day two. Wow. (laughs) Because that's what we want, right? Is to kind of cut down on that time spent. It's what the kids said in our kid podcast too. They're like, we want to have fun and play with our friends. We don't want to be doing our hair. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. 
it's I'm, something I've had less success with mousse and foams. Uh-huh. I find it's drying out my hair. I'm going to mm. keep trying it because everyone seems to like it. Although the people who like it tend to have finer hair. So I don't know if there's something about that. There could be. There could be. Anyway, like check out the product line. And honestly, the bottles are really beautiful too. Like the yeah. design of the, the packaging design is really nice. Feels attractive in your bathroom on your curl shelf. So that's that. Yeah. And I also, just to add to that, they also sent through a topical scalp supplement. It's a serum and uh, it's meant to soothe your scalp. And I quite liked it. I dropped in a couple drops before I went to bed. It says you can use it nightly. It does not leak onto your pillowcase. Mm-hmm. And it definitely, it smelled good. It felt good. It was nice to sort of sleep in that, that lightweight scent. Mm-hmm. And my scalp where I put it on, I definitely felt a difference overnight. It was oh, subtle. Cool. I mean, I only used it a couple times in a row, but um, yeah. yeah, I quite liked it. And I was wondering if this flourish would work for men who are losing their hair. I have to do a little bit more research. Oh, yeah. Right? That's like, Honey, come over here. Let me spray this on you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, but I'm I glad think, you oh, had such a nice experience. And I agree. I it's got great shelf appeal. I did. And I also think you also made a note that the, the fragrance is really, really light. So I think that's a good thing to know for people who are sensitive to fragrance. Because there's some products we've tested where oh, we love it. It smells like you're in a, at a tropical vacation or you're in a spa, but it is a heavy scent that everybody notices, even like a person walking around near you. So if you're not into that, this is a great option. Yeah, for sure. Good. All right. Well, we haven't done bios in a while. Well, we did some mini bios for Black History Month, but we've had lots of great interviews and uh, I'm excited to hear your bio today. Do you want to go oh. first? Sure. Yeah, I can okay. go first. Let me just pull her up. Problem. Ba, ba, boop, boop. Boop. I don't know about you, but I feel like everything's coming up curly these days. So many new bloggers, art installations, product lines. Like it just feels like a revolution. It does. I think it's probably two things. I think natural hair, the movement towards natural beauty is growing. That's mm-hmm. one. I think the other thing is, is when you're invested in a new hobby, you start to see it everywhere. It's like when you buy a new car, you see your car everywhere. Maybe. Is it, is it really just me? <laughs> now I'm noticing it? Well, maybe. I th- maybe. Yeah. I think it's, it's probably passive and active. You're mm-hmm. looking for it, but you're also passively seeing it more. And more people are embracing natural beauty and natural curls. I like it. All right, so I'm going to tell you about Melissa Viviane Jefferson, born April 27th, 1988. She's known professionally as Lizzo. And cool. I'm, I'm waiting for you to be like, Lizzo! Yeah, Lizzo! <laughs> yeah. Uh, an American singer, rapper, songwriter, and is it flutist or flautist? How do you say that word? I don't know. I'm going to check. Hold on. Do, 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 do. Wait, I can answer the question. Okay, okay. Yes. Okay, they're both correct. Flutist is far more common in North America, but flautist is the proper way to describe it in Britain. Okay. But since we're in Canada, we usually do things the British way. Well, yeah. Okay. Dearest choice. Because I add an OU to like neighbor, 
I'm going to call her a flautist. When she was 10, her family moved to Houston and she was classically trained as a flautist by renowned music teacher Claudia Momin from the age of 10 until she graduated high school where she also started rapping. I love this. And at the age of 10, she formed a musical group called Cornrow Clique with her friends. At this time, she acquired the nickname Lizzo, which because her name was Melissa. So it's a variant of Lissa, but she was inspired by, I guess, a Jay-Z song called Izzo. So she changed Lissa to Lizzo as a teenager. And then after graduating from high school, she studied classical music, focusing on the flute at the University of Houston. And interestingly, at the age of 21, after the death of her father, she lived out of her car for a year as she tried to break into the music industry. And she moved to Minneapolis in 2011. So when she was finally in Minneapolis, she performed with different groups, including her electro soul pop duo, Lizzo and the Larva Inc. And she also formed a three-piece all-female rap R&B group called The Chalice. And they released an album called We Are The Chalice, which was successful locally. May I just say that she's got a really great knack for naming her bands. Yeah. I think she's got a way with words. Yeah, Lizzo. for sure. And she she's written most of her songs. Like she's co-written them with other people, but she's not just someone who sings and raps and plays the flute. Like she, she writes music. So... Then she had a hip-hop-focused debut album called Lizzo Bangers, released in October 2013. And Killian Fox of The Guardian gave the album four stars out of five, saying, at times joyfully nonsensical, Lizzo's stream-of-consciousness rhymes can also be lethally pointed. And the album topped Star Tribune's Twin Cities Critics Tally list. I always get confused by the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Like, I don't understand what makes them Twin Cities. Well, there's lots of cities in the world that are Twin Cities. Like, what does that even mean? Well, I think, okay, I think there's two definitions of it. One is like in Ontario, Kitchener and Waterloo. They're different cities, but they're right next to each other. And the, the borders are pretty androgynous. So how, why does that happen? Like, why did they decide to make one place that's into two cities instead of it being just one big city? Yeah, well, I don't know. And then also in the prairies, Lloydminster straddles Alberta and Saskatchewan. Oh. So that's an example also, although I don't know if they self-define as a twin city. And then I think the other way to define it is sometimes cities buddy up they become besties with other cities in different countries. Right. I like that. Yeah. And That's so like, it's, um, it's a random a pairing. Pen pal. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, so as you were. She toured the US and the UK in the fall of 2013. And in October, she won City Pages Picked to Click Award for Best New Twin Cities Artist. And the following month, Time Magazine named her one of 14 music artists to watch in 2014. And then she got re-released through Virgin Records. So that's an, a big jump from City Pages to Time Magazine, right? I'll say. <laughs> Following the release of her first album, she began working on new music. She participated in Style Like You with just a letter U, What's Underneath Project, where she removed her clothes 
as she talked about her relationship with her body. Inspired by the experience, she wrote a song called My Skin, which she described as the thesis statement of her forthcoming second album. In an interview with Vice about body image, she said, you can wake up and change many things about your appearance, but the inevitability of waking up in your skin is what unifies us. And so I like that a lot. Part of the reason I wanted to feature Lizzo is A, she's on the cover of People. So there was some publicity about her hair on the cover of the new issue that's that's come out. But she's just kind of an inspiration in a lot of ways. So her story isn't particularly dramatic, but she's just an amazing human. So and she's been an inspiration to me. Yeah. In September 2014, she was featured alongside her chalice bandmates on the song Boy Trouble on a Prince album called Plectrum Electrum. So that was a pretty fairy tale experience for her. And, you know, she's really gaining a lot of notoriety and success. After that, she appeared as a musical guest on The Late Show with David Letterman. So she's kind of not sleeping in her car anymore. <laughs> Let's just say. That's a lot so, of success for a flutist. Flutist. Yeah, well, I mean, she was doing a lot more than that. And I think the flute was kind of secondary. But interesting how it, as she became really famous, people just respect that about her too. Her second studio album, Big Girl with three R's, Small World, <laughs> was released in December 2015. So Spin put the album at number 17 on the 50 Best Hip Hop Albums of 2015 list. Hillary Saunders of Paste praised Lizzo's ability to rap and sing with equal tenacity. And then she had a collaboration with Caroline Smith, which was featured in the season three premiere of Broad City. It must be, it's kind of a coup. Like I feel like it used to be a coup for an artist to get their song on Grey's Anatomy. Like there's certain TV shows now, they might be streamed, but like it's kind of a big deal when you have your songs in TV and movies. Yeah, for sure. I think sometimes the the movie companies and the record companies partner up and it's marketing. Right. But then other times you have people from the movie or TV production who heard something and love it and insist it gets featured. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's a, that's a huge coup. Plus, if the soundtrack is good, then there's sales on the soundtrack and you get royalties for life. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, just look at James Bond. Like to be the lead singer on a James Bond uh, right. movie soundtrack is a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So she signed with Atlantic Records and then released her first major label extended play. I'm not really sure what an extended play is and how it's different from an album or a single. But anyway, it was called Coconut Oil, which also feels appropriate for us because we always talk about coconut oil in we hair products. We talk about coconut a lot. <laughs> so she had an album or an extended play, let's call it, called Coconut Oil. She co-wrote all the songs and it was a departure from her alt hip-hop releases. So lyrically, she explores themes of body positivity, self-love, and the journey to those ideals. And this extended play received a lot of positive reviews as well. This one's really funny. Sierra Alberto, writing for Nylon, wrote, like the product it's named after, Lizzo's latest project, Coconut Oil, is essential for healthy living. Because it's an essential oil? 
<laughs> well, she's saying the album is, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, the summer. album is essential because it's got a great message, right? And like, maybe it makes you feel good to listen to it. Cool. In May of 2017, she appeared as a guest judge on the 10th season of RuPaul's Drag Race. And then in early 2018, she toured with Hyam and Florence and the Machine. So she's gaining a lot of fame and notoriety. This is all before I really discovered her, but she was coming up in the world, in the music industry. And after struggling with body issues at an early age, she became an advocate for body positivity and self-love. So she's gaining this mainstream attention and trying to make a difference while she's doing that. She made diversity the focus of her music. So not just racial diversity, but one's body sexuality, race, and more. And so she also had a group of backup dancers called the Big Girls. Again, she's got three R's in there, just to be clear. They're all plus-size dancers. And she was also in a campaign about body inclusivity from by ModCloth. She also was in the crime comedy drama film Hustlers, which I don't think I ever saw Hustlers. Oh, I did. Did you? In 2019? Yeah. I think it was a yeah. small part. With J-Lo? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. In any case, Juice was the lead single from her third studio album, and it was released in 2019. And that's to me like, I was like, oh my God, this song is so catchy. So she released it in January 2019. And then next month, she announced the title of the album, Cause I Love You. And after the release of the album, she performed at Coachella for the first time. And it was really a turning point for her career. She was getting a lot of mainstream attention. And the album debuted at number six on the Billboard 200. And interestingly, what also helped her explode after the release of this album was that there was an internet meme on TikTok that blew up a song about boys and... It just became this TikTok song that everybody wanted to use because it talks about like all the different kinds of boys she likes. And so people had tons of videos about it. And then, of course, it gets the music out there. So it's interesting how, you know, we just talked about marketing and how your song is in a TV show or movie. That can be a big deal. But maybe mm -hmm. for young people, they just want to be a trend song on TikTok to break out. I totally agree. The trending songs on TikTok end up getting used in everything. Like millions of times. And they can bring back like an old song, right? That was, you know, from our childhood or whatever. Totally. And then young people rediscover it. Like, wasn't there a Fleetwood Mac song where dreams oh. where someone's on the skateboard and oh, everybody did that? Totally. It yeah. became huge. And then everyone replicated that video and used the same track. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the cutest versions of this TikTok meme are because she's talking about boys and all the different types of boys she likes, clean shaven or with a beard or this or that. And people made versions of this TikTok video showing different dogs and that she likes them all. <laughs> and they're very cute. So there's a song called Truth Hurts that that has since become her first number one hit. Uh, she became the third female rapper to top the Hot 100 without a featured artist, which is interesting. So I guess that means like, it's not her featuring Drake. It's not her featuring like some big famous man. It's like a big deal for a female rapper to be on that top Hot 100 list on their own. Good for her. Yeah. 
Uh, she also became the first black solo female R&B singer to claim the top spot on the Hot 100 since Rihanna's hit Diamonds. And so she she also did a performance at the BET Awards, earning a standing ovation from the crowd that included Rihanna. So amazing. That's just pretty exciting. So I have a question. Yeah. How often is the flute part of her performance? That's a good question. I'll tell you a bit about the flute in a second. Okay. Uh, so Truth Hurts spent seven weeks on the Hot 100, tying for the most weeks at number one for a rap song by a female artist. I don't know who it was tying with. The music video, though, she marries herself and it's had more than 220 million views on YouTube. <laughs> It's interesting because there was an initial lack of success for this song and it it came later and she considered quitting the music industry because she was like, I think this is the best thing I've ever done. Why isn't it critically successful or why isn't it more successful? And then it came later. So she's known for her ability to play the flute. She began playing as a child, but obviously she's continued to improve her flute playing skills as an adult. She's performed with her flute. She named her flute Sasha Flute. She uses it in several of her music performances, including when she performed Truth Hurts at the BET Awards when they all gave her a standing ovation. And her flute has its own Instagram handle (laughs) called Sasha Be Fluting with (laughs) 305,000 followers. And this is basically her playing the flute or things to do with the flute. With her flute named Sasha. That's cute. Yeah. And it's it's pretty awesome because I'm sure there's a lot of other content of her and her music on her regular Instagram. I just think it's people love that she's got some mad skills and like who doesn't love an artist who is a classically trained musician and then takes those transferable skills and applies them to pop music and to more contemporary. Well, yeah. And let's be honest, it feels, it's not really something you've heard of before. It's an unusual pairing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of more pop musicians who were classically trained pianists or whatever, what have you. Well, and I didn't, I didn't even necessarily mean the classical trained, but that's a great point too. I just meant the flute as an instrument in that sort of musical style is unusual, unexpected. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. When I was listening to the radio the other day on CBC, they were talking about how certain instruments come in and out of favor and style all of a sudden. Like we know how the Beatles got into like the sitar and everybody went through this brief sitar phase in like the 60s or 70s. But then he was talking about how like it also went through a phase in hip hop where they were sampling it. Cool. I feel like the Fugees did too, or Lauren Hill maybe. Uh, is there sitar in Killing Me Softly? But anyway, I there was a song on the radio the other day with like sitar mixed in with hip hop. So it creates an interesting combination. It does. So she, just like she, how you'd hear a lot of saxophone in the 80s. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we, we just don't hear that much sax anymore. No. <laughs> What's going on? Okay, so... She made her SNL debut as musical guest, um, again, like right before COVID with Eddie Murphy. 
And that was the final episode of 2019, the final episode of the decade. She also performed a sold-out show at the Sydney Opera House where she had previously performed as a young flute player. How amazing Aww. would that be? Like if you're you're a young person in an orchestra playing and then you come back like 10 or 15 years later and like I love you're it. the headliner, like that's pretty exciting. Yeah, everything comes full circle. Right? So... She signed a production deal also with Amazon Studios to develop some new projects with them. Her first project was an unscripted reality competition series called Watch Out for the Big Girls. So that show just premiered on March 24th, 2022. And then last summer, she announced the beginning of a new era with the song Rumors that was released in August 2021. And in an interview with Variety, she said that her upcoming album will be a love album and one of the most musically badass, daring, and sophisticated bodies of work I've done to date. So I'm excited for that. And the album's expected to release in late 2022. So TBD on when that will be released. A couple more little tidbits about her personal life because she is this role model for diversity, including sexual diversity. And she's been asked about her sexuality before and said, I personally don't ascribe to just one thing. That's why the colors for LGBTQ plus are a rainbow because there's a spectrum. And right now we try to keep it black and white. That's just not working for me. So she has a really strong LGBTQ following and she's dubbed her fans lesbians. This woman is incredible. She really is. She's so just like, you listen to her music, it makes you feel good. You listen to what she has to say, it makes you feel good. She owns her her plus size body and her talents and her abilities and her beauty. And it's just an inspiration. Yeah. Um, and she's so great with the spoken and written word. Yeah. She's been subject to body shaming. Although what's interesting, and we've had this conversation a lot lately, is that she partially credits social media and the internet in general for changing the narrative around size and giving visibility to overweight women. And so there's a good side to that social as well. So that's Lizzo. She credits Missy Elliott, Lauren Hill, and Beyonce as influences. But I think she's really got such major chops and... That's why I chose her. Yeah. She's got gorgeous hair. Charisma. Yeah. A lot of charisma. Big curls. I mean, there's tons of... You can see, find her in lots of places, including social media. But maybe we can post that people cover that she's just done because she looks Very gorgeous. Very cool. Good. Oh, I love the CND. She was on my list too, but I hadn't even considered tackling it yet. I'm so glad you did. Cool, cool. Me too. Nice one. All right. My turn. Okay. My curl next door today is Zendaya Marie Stormer Coleman. Ooh, what a beauty. Zendaya, she is a huge star. I don't think I really realized until I was doing the research for this. I saw her last in Dune. Actually, that's not quite true. I've just started watching Euphoria, but she's going to have a really prominent role in the next Dune movie that's coming out, the sequel. Oh, cool. Or it's not really a sequel. It's part two of the book. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you about Zendaya. And that's how it's pronounced. Zendaya. Okay, good. Because sometimes I've thought, is it Zendaya or Zendaya? It's Zendaya. Okay. She was born September 1st, 1996 in Oakland, California. 
as Zendaya Marie Stormer Coleman, but she's mononymously known as Zendaya. Her father is an African-American with roots in Arkansas, and her mother has Scottish and German ancestry. One of her parents is a stage manager, and she spent a lot of her youth hanging around the California Shakespeare Theater. So she had exposure from childhood with this world, and she trained in its youth program, and she appeared in some of the productions as a kid. She actually had landed quite a few roles in local theatrical productions when she was at the Oakland School for the Arts. And she then later honed her craft at the American Conservatory Theater and the Cal Shakes Conservatory. She also had an interest in dance. She was a member of the Future Shock Oakland Dance Group for several years and also studied hula dancing at the Academy of Hawaiian Arts. That sounds well. Wow. Cool. You know, just to add that to... I remember when I was young and I did a lot of acting and my agent was like, anything new you do, we can put it on your, you know, headshot resume, you know, to differentiate you. (laughs) That's it. Well, and they all connect, right? So you should have tried Hula. That would have been a good resume builder. A real breakthrough. That's right. Possibly. In addition to her theatrical work, she also had early success as a model doing gigs for Macy's and Old Navy. She also was in a Sears commercial. She performed as a backup dancer for Selena Gomez. And eventually at some point in that that time of hers, she decided that she wanted to just stick to her first name professionally. And Zendaya means to give thanks, or it's derivative of this word from the Shona people of Zimbabwe. It sort of represents the notion of giving thanks. She landed her first television gig in 2010 on tween comedy series Shake It Up. And she also released a self-titled debut album in 2013. So on top of dancing and acting, she's also a singer. So very talented. She also was in another Disney series called Casey Undercover. And then she started transitioning to film. And many people know her from Spider-Man. And she was also in The Greatest Showman. And then she, when you grow up in these Disney shows and these sort of wholesome TV and movie roles, it's good to shake it up and try something new. And she put her wholesome image behind her with the drama Euphoria. Have you seen Euphoria? I've heard a lot of buzz about it and also... You know, a little bit of criticism, but I've heard that the acting's really good and I know people are just obsessed with it. And there's talk of it on Twitter where I'm like, oh, I don't want to see any spoilers in case I I start it because I'll probably watch it. Yeah, and so without spoiling it, the reason it's putting her wholesome image behind her is that she plays the lead role in this show and, you know, she's got some, some issues, some medical issues, and learns that dependency on drugs really helps her feel better. Mm-hmm. And so I'll just leave it there. I don't want to spoil anything for you or the listeners, okay. but it's quite intense mm-hmm. and at many times a bit difficult to watch, mm-hmm. but she's excellent in it. And the show's really good. Like it's, it's a good production, so mm-hmm. I would recommend it. Throughout her career, she received numerous awards and recognition for her works because she is very, very talented. She 
has received claims in film and TV and, and for her music. In 2020, at the age of 24, she became the youngest recipient of an Emmy Award for Lead Actress in a Drama Series for her performance in Euphoria. Oh, okay. She also received a Critics' Choice TV Award and a Satellite Award for the same category. She also received a Critics' Choice Movie Award for Best Actress, sorry, nomination for her role in 2020's romantic drama film, Malcolm and Marie. Hmm. And, um, oh, there's just so many more like MTV, Saturn Awards, Young Artist Awards for her work across TV and film. I feel like I saw her to begin like on the red carpet. Because the thing is, she's just so gorgeous. And obviously, you could probably put a paper bag on her and she would be gorgeous. But I think fashion designers were just clamoring to dress her because she makes their clothing look so amazing. And then I I don't know if she's... I think she's had some really good red carpet looks too. And so I don't know if that... You know, you don't always know if that's because she works with a great stylist or because she has an amazing sense of style on her own. But before I really knew much about her, it was like, who's that gorgeous woman at this award ceremony on the red carpet? Yeah, she's got a great eye for fashion. And I, mm. I think to answer your question, it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Just a little bit more about her music. She's also received a ton of awards for her music. She received a nomination for the Radio Disney Music Award for Best Music Video for a song she did with Bella Thorne called Fashion Is My Kryptonite. <laughs> and and it, it's, it's, it's pretty cute. You should look up the video. It's just sort yeah. of like this electro pop. Fashion is my kryptonite. <laughs> 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 very, very sort of tween appropriate. And yeah. uh, collaborated with Zac Efron for some songs in The Greatest Showman. And she's received like so many Teen Choice Awards, blah, blah, blah. She's like, just like awards out the kazoo. Awards out the wazoo. (laughs) Kazoo. (laughs) Not the kazoo. The kazoo. And so speaking of fashion, she's also considered a fashion icon and advocate. She's Mm -hmm. received numerous honorary awards for those efforts also, including a CFDA Fashion Icon Award. And... People's Choice Award for Favorite Style Star of the Year. Mm. Anyway, I'm not going to list them all, but there's a lot. And um, so she's got a lot of experience with modeling and in the world of fashion. She was the face of many brands, including Beats, Material Girl, Cover Girl, Chi Hair Care. Mm -hmm. In 2019, she became the spokesmodel for Lancome. She also is the spokesperson for Bulgari and Valentino. Yeah. And so she like she's everywhere. She and is it's everywhere. like every every brand probably wants a piece of her magic cuz she's kind of I mean, we featured a lot of people on the show who are highly successful, but she's one of those she's got everything. Like she's got the it factor, she's stunningly gorgeous, but she can also act and sing and model and, you know, do it well. And she's, and kind of like Lizzo in the music industry, right? In that she's kind of classically trained, right? She comes from a theater background. And I think, I mean, it's not to say there aren't film actors who don't do any theater and are incredible at what they do. But I, I think there's something about starting with theater and then refining it. 
for film that gives people, yeah. I don't know, an edge. Yeah. And I think she just captured, sorry if this is cliche, but I think she just captured the voice of a generation. I mean, she, you know, she grew up acting and, and got a lot of fans who were young, very young people, like children and tweens and teens. Mm-hmm. And then they sort of grew up with her and now they're seeing her evolve into these more mature roles and they're mm-hmm. following her along. Yeah, which is great because sometimes that can be hard to do, right? If you look at the Miley Cyruses or the Britney Spearses, I mean, they're not acting, but who are other child actors, you know, Anna Paquin. I mean, it's not always easy to grow. Uh, yeah. And, and to grow up in front of, in the public eye too. Yeah. And arguably a lot of children who are acting just can't transition into adult acting roles. They weren't trained properly. They didn't have the right agent or, or they're just not that good. Like it's cute when you're a kid and you're, you can get away with being not a great actor as a yeah, kid. I that's think. The thing. I think a lot of kids get in it because they're cute or good looking but then which yeah. kids have the chops to go further? Okay, so going back to Zendaya, in addition to her being a spokesperson, she also wrote a book, which was released in 2013, called Between You and Me, How to Rock Your Tween Years with Style and Confidence. And her goal with that book was to help girls through the tougher parts of their mm. tween years. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, and then otherwise, she launched a product line in 2015, a shoe collection called Dea, which was her nickname as a child. And then she followed it up with a clothing line. And the clothing line is gender fluid, which I think is really interesting and also size inclusive. Mm, Cool. And further, in 2018, she became Tommy Hilfiger's brand ambassador and co-designed a capsule collection called Tommy by Zendaya. And she was inspired by 70s fashion when, when they were developing it. She acknowledges that there's a lot of strong, iconic women from that decade. And her runway shows at Paris and New York Fashion Weeks were praised for celebrating diversity and inclusivity, including women of color, plus-sized models, and also models up to the age of 70. And awesome. she was identified by Netta Porte in 2018 as being as ranked as one of the best dressed women. So I think she comes by it naturally. She also has a passion for it. She also wears clothes really well. Yeah, no kidding. Shifting gears a little bit, she's currently unmarried. She's been linked to many celebrities on the dating scene. She dated Jacob Elordi, her uh, Euphoria co-star. She's also dated Odell Beckham Jr., who is an NFL player, as well as Trevor Jackson, another actor. But now, all the rumors are true. She's now linked to Tom Holland, her Spider-Man co-star. Oh, yeah? And slightly barf-inducing, they are nicknamed Tom Dea. (laughs) Oh, my God. Do we always have to do that? Do we? Not really. Anyway, I guess they were like... You know, when people see actors together on screen, fans always want them to be together. And they weren't for the longest time. They were friends, but both of them were dating other people. And now they're together and look super cute. (laughs) All right. Fine. Yeah. And she also has some hair stories. So I want to link it back to hair. She's shared that she loves changing up her hair dramatically with either a new cut or color. She wears wigs and weaves and braids. 
She's got an iconic faux locks look. And further on that, when she was at the Academy Awards in 2015, one of the eTalk hosts, Juliana Rancic or uh, mm-hmm. Juliana DePandy, she referenced Zendaya and, and her hair and said that Zendaya's hair smelled like patchouli oil and weed because Zendaya was wearing locks. And okay. Zendaya was quick to remark that many successful people have dreadlocks and mm-hmm. the style has nothing to do with drugs. Mm-hmm. And I, like that, that comment's kind of offside. Like just because yeah. you're wearing dreadlocks doesn't mean that you've been smoking dope. So yeah. she was pretty upset about that. And then As she should be. Yeah. And then coming out of that, Mattel then honored Zendaya with her own Barbie replicating uh. that Oscar look. So she's got like this bar. If you look it up, she's got a Barbie with the locks. And it was part of Mattel's Barbie Shiro's project, which Mm -hmm. honors inspirational living women. I think that's a really sweet story. That's great. And Zendaya also has revealed her curly hair routine on her YouTube channel. She shampoos every three days and uses Chi Argan Oil and conditioner. She detangles her curls with a wide-tooth comb when her hair is wet. And she said if she doesn't, comb it when it's wet, her hair gets super tangled or matted or the curls lock together. I feel ya. (laughs) Yeah, right. And then she uses what she calls special juice, which is a multicultural curl product by Miss Jessie's. Oh, yeah. Do you know this product? Well, I know that brand. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to try their product sometime. Yeah. Applying it with her fingers and then she dries her hair with a microfiber cloth And then she dries her hair further with a Diva Curl, Diva Dryer, and Diva Diffuser. And uh, she pineapples her hair at night. Mm -hmm. She uses a loose scrunchie and she sleeps on a satin pillowcase. And then she carries around a little spray bottle with conditioner or oil mixed with water and spritzes it on to bring the curls back to life. Great hair advice. (laughs) There you go. Zendaya. Awesome. I'm glad you did her. Yeah, I think she's pretty incredible. And I think she's going to be just have this humongous career forever. She's not even 30. Like she's 25. Okay. Yeah. Gorgeous and talented. Amazing. Well, look at at these women. Yeah. Fabulously talented women that we talked about today. That makes me feel good. My good hair day and these women. I'm just going to roll into this weekend like a curl next door (laughs) that didn't even make any sense (laughs) i love it and and with that thanks for tuning in thanks for listening tell all your friends please do to listen especially if they have curly hair maybe they will relate to this community there you go bye bye Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Curl Next Door Podcast wherever you pod. And follow us on social in between episodes. We're at Curl Next Door Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Curl Next Door Pod on Twitter. Do you have a curly hair story you want to tell us? Shoot us an email at curlnextdoorpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, curl friends. Curl Next Door Podcast.